Home is your creative canvas, an expression of your unique style. Only Wayfair has everything you need to bring your vision to life. It's the place to shop for everything home, from sofas and beds to dining sets and decor. Wayfair makes it easy with fast and free shipping, even on the big stuff. They'll even help you set it up. Look, I have an eclectic style, but when I go on Wayfair, they've got such a huge selection of items for the home that there are things that fit me and I know others that will fit everybody else. Every style is welcome in the Waberhood. Visit Wayfair.com or get the Wayfair mobile app. That's W-A-Y-F-A-I-R.com. Wayfair. Every style, every home. Food trends come and go, but there's one that never seems to go out of style. The classic chocolate chip cookie. Oh, my favorite. And famous Amos chocolate chip cookies are as classic as it gets, truly. They're made from the original recipe you know and love. I'm talking semi-sweet chocolate chips, a satisfying crunch. All together in a cookie you can't help but eat in one bite. It's everything classic in a cookie. Find famous Amos cookies anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Hey, I'm Andy Cohen. This is Andy Cohen's Deep and Shallow. I'm here with John Hill. Hey, John. Hey. A little bit later, Andy Richter joins us. Also, John has a whopper of a story involving a gal named Jan. You are not going to forget this story. And, well, this is exciting. It's a happy day oh, at Radio wow. Andy Tower because, uh, well, let's just say it. Hi, sisters. Hi, Hi sister. Um, They're oh. here. My Charlie's Angels from St. Louis, <laughs> yes. Missouri, uh, are here in the studio. This is exciting. What are y'all doing in town? Um, We're... Doing the Today this, Show. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yes. <laughs> yeah. I know, actually, we were trying to book you on Watch What Happens Live, I believe, but y'all didn't have time. No. <laughs> I mean, in and out. We yeah. were trying to book yeah. you in the chairs. I know. Like, this is crazy. Okay, I didn't know if that message had gotten across. Yes. Okay, it, yeah, it but only really, like, it really did not. But I, honestly, no. we would come and like do lighting, but yeah. it's just like there's a lot of moving parts. It did. No, the sisters said not a fit. No, the, yeah, right. <laughs> as as many others have oh, said. No. You know what's funny with the strike? Many um, people who have said not a fit in mm-hmm. the past are now saying mm. it's, it's a, a fit. fit. But it then really the will. SAG strike happened, and now it, you cannot believe the guests we had booked before yeah. the SAG strike. I'm sure. Oh boy! Good morning, lady. Well, this is very exciting. Very. You're doing the Today Show mm-hmm. on Friday. Friday. Oh, on oh wow! So and there's. Still wasn't time in this journey. <laughs> You're here. I thought you were going to say you were flying out today. Oh, okay. All right. This story's getting more complicated. I, I don't know if juicy is the word I would use. Um, shadier. Shadier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shady. And, Thank and by you, Friday, John. I mean next Friday. Next yeah. Friday. Yeah, we're at yeah, the right. Right. Yeah, we're here all day. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's great. Oh, okay. my God. All right. Okay. We'll talk about it offline. Okay. Um, Erica Jane was on Watch What Happens Live. She looks so like a whisper of herself. Now, I asked her how she did it. Oh, God. She said hormonally because during. Hormonally. She had menopause and she lost it hormonically. And I said, not. Ozempically, right? And she said no hormonal. Huh. And then uh, insulin is a hormone. Yeah. Oh. 
And uh, Jackie Hoffman, who was on with her, said, who loses weight during menopause? That, I menopause. never heard of that. And she said, I do. The only so, woman in the world. Yes. There you go. There you yeah. go. That's a beautiful tale. Um, so scary. Yeah. I did see the dress she left, I think, Watch What Happens In, was a uh, $200 dress from Amazon. Oh, is that you right? You can buy that good. outfit, I think, on Amazon under oh, $400. That's great. Yeah. All right. That's good. Oh, I'm all brave. for that. Yeah. So brave. <laughs> you know, I have to say, every, um, I would say, every year, maybe every year and a half, somehow it comes up on Watch What Happens Live or an interview where I am asked, are you a top or a bottom? And I say, I'm a top. Literally, I did Isaac Mizrahi's podcast. It posted two days ago. And he was like, are you a top or a bottom? I go, I'm a top. Like, whatever. We've had this conversation. Yeah. I mean, Tim is like so sick of hearing about it because <laughs> we've talked about it Tim's so much. sick of hearing about it. But the thing it. about it is it gets printed every time I say it. There was a phone book of headlines about my proclivities. And I'm like, A, do people need to read this? No. <laughs> Does my family need, need to, to read, read this? No. 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 Do they need to read it like a chestnut in the mix every 12, 14 but months? Let me tell you no. the blessing. Let me tell you the blessing. Uh, what so is it? So you know Troy Sivan recently came mm-hmm. out as a top. Well, it's funny. We're being lumped together in a lot, together together lumped, in a yeah, lot of memes. No, I really think now you guys have, you know, some community. Yeah. You can speak with one another. Troy and I? Is, yeah. Yes. Is JoJo Siwa a top or a bottom? JoJo Siwa is a top. She's a top. She's a to side. Top. She's Wait, a side. No. JoJo yes. Siwa. Is JoJo Siwa a woman? Yes. yes but can women be tops? Yes. 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 She's a top. She's a top. That, is, oh, is she gay? Yes. yes. Oh, you didn't know oh JoJo God. Siwa was gay? I don't okay. totally know who JoJo oh, Siwa is. Oh, my God. You're good. Was she yeah. on? Ignore him. What do you um, think she was on? Uh, I'm going to tell you. Hold okay. on. I think I <laughs> know. Because I'm going to say she's famous from Dancing with the Stars. But now I'm going to. No. She was on Dancing she with the Stars. She was. Okay. But you she's have to one of. Hold on. Yeah. She's one of Abby Lee's girls. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And she's going to be on a show with Tom Sandoval, the Special Forces. Yes. Oh, right. Except, yeah. Wow. So, okay. So she's not. Like, I think she's verse. So she's yeah. she's like in the reality hole now. Yeah, yes. okay. But more All of right. a TikTok. She's okay. like, uh-huh. yeah. Okay. And she has a girl group. Give me a couple other names of people along those lines that are part of the everyday vernacular and see if I know who they are. I have yes. a good one. So, okay. Francia Rizia. No idea. Is that a box wine? <laughs> <laughs> Selena, what is Selena Gomez's biggest feud that's in the news? Yes, kidney transplant, mama. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> it's giving donor teeth. It's tease. giving donor teeth. Yes. So her her it's best friend of... who gave her a kidney, who they had a falling out with, no. they had a falling out a while ago because Francia wasn't happy with how Selena was behaving with her kidney. <gasps> and then they step, like they got back together friendship-wise. Then last year, Selena said that Taylor Swift is her only friend in the industry. Franzia is an actress. And she, you know, again, another falling out. Selena just posted a happy birthday to Franzia. On the feed. On the feed. Franzia didn't follow Selena. Now she follows Selena, only liked the post but didn't comment. But every headline about Franzia is... Selena Gomez's organ donor. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. That is a delicious story. Yes. Wow. I so. mean, 
what could go wrong? You give your kidney to, you know, your best friend who's a superstar. Yes. And you are on the come up of being an actress. <laughs> Not going to work. No. no. Uh, anyone else? Um, else? Molly May. Ooh. No idea. No That's idea. such a good one. That's the Love Island star. She is no. about to be married to a boxer named Tommy Fury. Ooh. They have a baby, and the baby's name is Bambi. Oh, but because boy. they're British, it's Bambi. 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 Oh, but they're huge I've heard y'all talk about yes. them. Yes. They're massive huge influencers. Okay. She's the creative director for Pretty Little Thing. Do you know okay. what that is? No. Okay. <laughs> it's like a it's like fast fashion. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, are you all liking Roni? Yes, love it. We but just I have a complaint. Yeah. Okay. I have I love it. I think it's perfect actually. My complaint about the women is that they will say anything in their confessionals. They well, that's don't have called a, being a housewife. No, 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 no. But they don't have a brand. Like they'll say things like they just won't the best housewives like Potomac. Yeah. Atlanta, Beverly Hills, not okay. old New York, they know what their point of view is and they stick with it okay. and they'll play the game. Yeah. The women will be like, try to be shady in one and then they'll be like soft in the other. They need Bryn and Uber have it. Yeah. The other ones need to find it. Mm-hmm. I think that could be uh, a production related complaint. Yeah, I agree. Because we have interviewed them many times and um, we're using kind of I think it's an us thing and not a them thing okay so give them the grace there okay I'm gonna take the fall on that wow because also you know we're we're this is a group of women who mm-hmm. are this group of women who are housewives, but we're also turning this into the house. Yes. You know, so yeah. it's like, yes. so, okay, so give that grace. Okay. I loved hearing Sai's backstory about I the Dollar it. Tree. Oh my God. Didn't, you know, and my friend was saying, I thought she was so cocky and this and that, but now I see a different side. And the great thing is next week you find out a lot about Bryn's backstory. I love So it. it's love really great. You're kind of, and this. just so you start to find out more about the postpartum and her yeah. Journey, having kids. Next week, they go back to the city, which is good. So now we start to see kind of city life for mm-hmm. them and what that's all about. But I love seeing them on their first trip so early because it was able to yes. like throw them into the mix yeah. immediately. Yes. And you get more of their person, a little bit more of their personalities. But hearing Sai's backstory, I was just saying, it made the viewers and the housewives feel like, ah, it makes more sense. Right, right, right. Loved it. Me too. I love um, their houses. I love yeah. their style. I think they are so cool. Oh, yeah, good. They're very cool. Wow. They're so aspirational, You know, so cool. you don't necessarily hear that about no. housewives. No, no. From no. the get-go. Now, I got to tell you, I'm four into Salt Lake City. Oh. It's... It's back. It okay, because I fell off, and now yeah, it's no, I understand. Last season was 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 high highs and low lows, and then it kind of you know. How it, are Mary's they, back? How are they doing without Jennifer Shaw? You know what? What's it's it's forward momentum. Okay. It's not looking back. This season is right. not about her. You get you get fallout a wee bit. Yeah, you, they check in with how they're feeling about it, and then we keep. Keep it moving forward. Oh. Do they pipe her in from prison? Yeah, I was going to say, does she get a phone call that we can hear? No, babe. 
She's been no letters. Tweeting and I know has anything. Well, someone's been someone's tweeting yeah. for her. But you know, yeah. inmates are now sneaking phones into prison. They're I know someone, Chris, someone yes. took a picture of Todd Crisley sleeping, and she's so and that, upset. John had it in the news the other day. The oh. murder, the yes. Murdaugh murder guy taking pictures of his tits with a jail iPad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's an iPad is hard to hide in jail. Yeah, truly, yeah, up the lot. butt. Yeah. Well, thank you, Smith sisters, for hanging out with us today. Thank Pleasure. you for having us. As we established earlier, we have a lot of free time here in the city this week. <laughs> <laughs> Next on Andy Cohen's Deep and Shallow, Andy Richter joins us. We love him, John. I love him so much. Ever since the early days at Conan. There you go. We'll be right back. Andy Richter has a podcast called The Three Questions with Andy Richter. New episodes drop Tuesday. First of all, good morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm great. Great to see you. Uh, I didn't know that you guys are sitting on the floor of your, like, is that how you do your show? No, no. We typically are, we happen to be at my beach house right now. It's very, it's an, it is a random day. Uh, and we are sitting on the floor of my bedroom. You are correct. <laughs> Typically, we would be in a studio buttoned up in, in New York City, kind of a little more professional. But we're present yeah. and with you and engaged. Yes, that is true. Thank you. And, and no, I, I want to know. Maybe, I, I, didn't, I just thought maybe Sirius was like really not paying well. Like they can't <laughs> well, even no. Or paying really well. Yeah, or being really well and giving you a. <laughs> this a is our new house. studio. It's gorgeous. Yeah, right. yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Andy, you ask the same three questions on your podcast uh, every well, episode. Sort of. Sort of. Well, yeah. I, I mean, I kind of want to know what they are. I kind of want you to take me through it. Well, the, the, the whole beginning of the thing was that I've been in therapy for a gazillion years. And it's like a very useful thing for me. And I find that it does for me what religion does for other people. It gives them a sense of purpose, a sense of progress, uh, a feeling like you're not just sitting here watching a clock tick until you get into the ground and, you know, go to sleep forever. So um, I want it and I like conversations that have kind of a therapeutic bent to them. And so I thought, what kind of questions would spur that kind of thing? And also uh, another aspect of it was I wanted to have the kind of conversations that I would have on the couch during the Conan show in between commercial, like in the commercial break, Uh like what's your work day like? What do your parents do? Just Uh all those kind of things that aren't, you know, necessarily showbiz anecdotes. So right. I came up with the idea that three questions are, where do you come from? Which is like the basic therapy thing. Like, tell yeah. me about, you know, your history. Yeah. Uh, where are you going? Which is, you know, most everybody has a sense of like where they want to be. And what have you learned? So it just, I, I just wanted to inspire, you know, it's got, it should be funny and enjoyable first, but I just wanted to inspire, you know, inspire a conversation that would make people get a little introspective. Very good. Interesting. Thank you. Um, so what have you learned? Uh, oh, boy. I've learned, <laughs> He's I've like, learned, oh, my God. No, well, I've learned to not uh, say um so much. Yes. Or say good. like so much. 
I've learned to uh, be quiet more. Okay. You know, there when they, I mean, I don't know when you started getting on camera. Didn't you watch tapes and then go? Yes. Oh my god! Yes. What am I? Doing? Absolutely. Oh. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 It was rough. When you you know you've worked with Conan. This is a Team Coco podcast, and you've worked with Conan for so long, and you're such a great duo. And what what notes did he give you at the beginning of your relationship? Or what direction did you take about um, how to let Conan shine and also let yourself shine in your way, but maybe, you know, let him be in front a little more? Like, how did you how did you negotiate that? Or did the or is that what drove you into therapy? (laughs) <laughs> no, uh, no. Uh, brain chemistry is what drove me into therapy. Okay. Uh, my broken brain. And, uh, you know, and also the uh, the Scandinavian genetics, I think, helped too. Yeah. Um, but, uh, y- you know, I honestly, when we started, and I'm this is just a fact, I had a lot more stage time than he did. Like he, mm. he had he had more sort of legit writing making comedy for tv i hadn't done anything yeah but in terms of i had done a lot of improv a lot of plays a lot of you know i had been on stage a lot so i think i was more of a performer than he was um so i don't he didn't really give me any advice robert smigel who was the executive producer of the show and who you know, kind of was the one that came to me and said, hey, would you want to be the sidekick? Because, it, it, you know, it's weird when actors don't give each other notes. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's just it's weird to have somebody that you're, you know, it's like your brother telling you what to do. It's like, you're yeah, right. you're the same as me. You don't, you're not a superior. Why do you get to tell me? Right, so right, Robert right. was the one. And he told me in the beginning kind of just, you know, uh, be funny and be good. And I think he just had enough faith in my ability to understand that it was, I had, was playing a supporting role. And so I just, and I, and I think that he understood that I've never been from day one, one of those performers that needs to get out there and be at the front and get all the attention and all the laughs, you know, I've always, you ever- whenever I, whenever I perform with somebody like that, I was always kind of like, all right, Go right, mm-hmm. right. Go ahead. You know, I'll be here right. to probably say something funnier anyway. Right. <laughs> did you ever have? Did you have like a long d- meal with Ed McMahon at any point at the beginning? No, I never did. I uh, no. Did you I never ever did. meet and him I, or have any interaction I, with him? I was a judge on Star Search. Uh, okay. You know, so I got to go down to Florida and I shot a, a remote for the Conan Show about judging Star Search. And he was on the show a couple times and he was, um, he, I, I didn't want, I set out and I said, I don't want to be Ed McMahon. Like right, I don't want right. to be, because there was, you know, it was this old archetype of, you know, the Hank Kingsley kind of the yes. buffoon that yeah. everybody kind of takes a poke at. And early on, there were like old fashioned people that would try to do that. And it just it was not the dynamic and the that audience. Was not the di- yeah. The audience was on my side. So every time somebody tried to go, you know, 
old fatso over here, you know, the audience would just go, no, no, you can't do that. Yeah, that's not what this is. That being said, um, I watch a lot of old Carson episodes. It's on Pluto TV and it's, I, I turn it on at night all the time because it's, there's a rhythm to it. It is the it is like molasses. It's so slow yeah. that mm. you can't believe that it aired. It was just very slow. It's often very boring. But when you look at it and see what he did, he actually, I mean, I think it, it was just, a, it's a very under kind of estimated role. But I, I don't want to equate it anymore because you weren't doing the same thing and it wasn't, you know, whatever. But it's... It's an interesting, it's an interesting uh, conversation. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think in the beginning, you know, we were trying to stick to, in the beginning, we wanted to stick to sort of like classic talk show tropes, a live band wearing a suit yeah. and tie. Because at that time, you know, there were people like, I'm not wearing a tie, I'm going to wear like a leather sport coat with a t-shirt underneath it. And we decided, right. no, we're going to look like a standard show but we're just going to be weird like in the, in the, in the practice of it. And I think that having a talk or having a sidekick was just the basic understanding that it's more interesting to see two people interact with each other. Yeah. But that's just like more, it's just better to watch than just one guy reading cue cards. Um, did you, during the whole Leno thing, were you, um, where were you in all that? Were you, did you feel like everything was coming at you? Did you, were you just in awe? Was your mouth on the floor at that whole? It it was very weird to be part of like a like showbiz history, you know? And I was and I definitely would have moments where I was like, this is this, they're going to write books about this. I mean, you know, rightly or wrongly, they're going to write books about this. Um, but it was mostly just, you know, we. It, it's like uh, the landlord was coming to try and kick us out of our apartment, and the family was bound together to try and try and keep right. the place, you know. Right, right. And I That's had, good... and I was also, you know, I was probably, I was probably like a, like there was a point at which Jay Leno was asked, and it was some like really nothing like broadcast journalism you know gazette or something some trade paper and they asked him if you were asked to come if you were asked to come back and take over the tonight show would you and he said something like yeah if if they asked me i would and i said to somebody in an interview oh no it was i i said it i it was me that was saying it to the broadcast journalism gazette because i thought ah this is probably pretty safe i can say this but I said, I said, well, that's not really the classy answer to that question. I said, right. the classy answer is, well, there's already somebody there. And yeah, so that right. job is already yes. taken. So I can't right. do that. Right. And the next morning I got a phone call from Jay Leno. Uh, or I mean, I got a, I got told you should call Jay. So I called the number and there was no, and it was, it was, you know, at the, it was working hour. So he was at work and I just heard hello. And it was just him picking up the, some phone. And I told him, you know, he's, he's like, I, you know, I don't think it's good that we should fight in like this. And I was like, well, I don't think it's good that you say 
that you would take our jobs. I want to keep yeah. my job, you know? Right. And right. he sort of laughed at that, like, <laughs> like, well, and I could tell he's saying like, well, you guys took my job, but you know, he agreed right. to it. Yes. He, they exactly. said, it's it coming in five years, you yes. know, and you're going to vacate. And he went, okay. So. Right. Right. Yeah. Wow. I mean, that's, it's a weird deal. I'm not going to tell you it's not a weird deal. Yeah. It'd right. Like if right. somebody said in three years, I don't know. Somebody's going to take over your entire, you know, job. Right. You're, you're right. going to be like, right. nah, I don't think so. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I, I'm sure that that wouldn't happen again because I mean, that just, you know, it was, yeah, it was NBC the first... wanting to keep both people, not to let Happy. anybody, yes. you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. work. No, it really doesn't. As we saw, um, mm-hmm. I so you're on Stars on Mars. I have to ask, what was your knowledge or intersection with uh, Tom Schwartz or Portia Williams uh, Guabadia before going on the show? And how did you find them? Uh, well, Tom was gone by the time I got there. Oh, okay. Um, okay. And I did not know. I'm I. I have not watched a lot of uh, reality TV yeah. and I watched the first few seasons of Beverly Hills. But so right. I didn't know Portia, but Portia's right. just, I mean, Portia's like a rock star. She's just the yeah. most mm-hmm. charismatic, yes. you know, little industry all in one, you know, beautiful package. Yes. Uh, so she was great. She was really, really fun and funny and self-deprecating. Like there was, there was one episode where she got all dressed up because she wanted to be mission commander. You know, we, we each week would get voted mission commander. And she came out, she was like in like her best workout gear and fully made up. And then somebody else became mission commander. And she like went back and came out in sweats and took off the fake eyelashes. And she's like, I'm dressed like this now. I'm sad. I wanted to be mission commander. So, uh, you know, she she was costuming for us in our, uh, really you know, funny. in our in our community center in in Cougar PD, Australia. Unbelievable. Mm. So, insane. Yeah. I mean, so weird. It was a weird, I, yeah, it was a weird, fun experience. It was I bet I bet I first intersected with you seeing you uh, in the real live Brady Bunch, yeah. um, which was for people who don't know, you did live uh, word for word performances of episodes of the Brady Bunch, which was such a brilliant idea. Uh, yeah. And it was so funny. And you would change episodes every few weeks. So you could go back and see, you know, you could see the troupe doing different episodes. Yeah. You were, um, you were Mike Brady, right? I was, I mean, I played different roles, but when we, cause it started in Chicago and everybody, right. you know, it was a group called the Annoyance Theater. And it was uh, Joey Soloway and uh, their sister, Faith. Right. And uh, and then also my my ex-sister-in-law, my, my ex-wife's sister was the star of the show, a very funny actress named Becky Thayer. She did an amazing Marsha imitation. And that uh-huh. just inspired them. What if we did Brady Bunch? episodes on stage which to my knowledge was the first of that like let's reenact something on stage which now everybody does yeah it was the first thing 
it hit when when there was like a wave of 70s nostalgia like disco bell bottoms all of that shit and they uh and they were it was very popular from the very beginning when they took it to new york and we went to the village gate for like over a year we played there uh I talked to Joey and and because the guy that was playing Mike Brady wasn't going to go. And I said, I'll go give me a cheap wig. I'll go and do it. And so I, I did because, and it was like my, you know, the Mike Brady, he doesn't honey, I'm home. That's pretty much, you know, what he does an occasional scolding, but it was all the people and it was, it wouldn't have worked, but it was an incredibly talented, funny, funny group of improv comedian actors um and it just it it took off and there was there was a game show that preceded it so it was a very fun sort of audience participation right. game show yeah. that happened in the right. beginning just to fill out the bill yeah. and then you're you're right we did different shows each week which is a great way to keep people coming back you know yeah, it's, it, yeah nobody's so going smart. to see a. I mean some people do but you know a play, it's hard to see it five times. Whereas yeah, this, right. yes. we had so many regulars that just came back and back. And it was the silly thing that, you know, got me out of Chicago and got me an agent and got shot so that me straight was the to the thing. middle. Yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> was that would you was that the thing that kind of, you know, broke you in New York City? It absolutely. Was. Yeah. Absolutely. Wow. And I that had, was before the Brady Bunch movie, by the way, I should say. Absolutely. I mean, the I Brady think Bunch the Brady Bunch movie, movie was... It would not was, have happened without us. Right. Yes. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. It would not have happened. In fact, we had we were doing it illegally for a long time, and then we had to get Sherwood Schwartz's blessing. And, and I'm sure that when he gave that blessing, he also went like, ka-ching... Hey, yeah. wait a minute, you know, yeah, let's yeah, yeah. shop this thing around. Cause I, yeah, I mean, right. I, you know, he probably didn't know how ingrained, well, maybe he did into our DNA that show was. And that was, well, I me, think just watching it, I was always fascinated by, I know these lines. Like, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't know that I knew every episode, but I knew right. every episode. Yes. Yeah, me too. I used to be able to turn it on and within, you know, 10 seconds, you could figure out which episode yeah. it was. It was yeah. really wild. I, I want to try. I want to get my kids onto it um, at some point. I wonder if I can do it. I don't know if they'll How old accept are your kids it. Now? Well, n- not now, but I mean, <laughs> they're four and one. They're, oh, they're yeah. like four and a half and one and a half. But eventually, I want them to 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 get into it. Um, I think you hold the record for all time highest one day score on Celebrity Jeopardy. Um, were you it ever in talks? Oh, it might right. have been broken by now, but it was for a while I did, yeah. And you won 68,000. Um, were you ever in talks to, did you ever try to audition for the host job? Oh, hell yeah. I, I, you know, well, yeah, when it came time, when Alex Trebek, when there was, even the, at his last contract, when there's kind of talk about his contract was coming up. Uh, and because I had been on the show a couple of times, I, you know, I had my manager and I even went out to Sony and had a conversation with him. But I, I mean, I knew like it would be silly to put to put me in the host of that show in today's world. Like, why pick another sort of unrelated white man, a white man? To host, right. Yeah. To right. host that right. show. Um, it would have been you know, great. Like, 
I know, I know. Well, that's yeah. everybody. I, I mean, I heard on Howard they were speculating about the the Wheel of Fortune job, which and my oh, wife would have been great. My that. wife, my wife was like, "You got to get that job." I'm like, "There, there's no way they're going to give me that job." And then when I heard Ryan Seacrest was interested, I'm like, "Oh, well, there you go. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I that's just." Right. That's I was like, yeah. I would love that job. And then when I heard Seacrest, I'm like, oh, okay. But, yeah, you know, done. it it was, um, it was, I guess it was okay to give a white guy that job. Yeah, but you know what? Ryan Seacrest is an approved white guy. You yes, know what I mean? he is. He's, he, yes. he's, <laughs> he's approved. He, he's like, he can do all that. Like, there is something, like, Ryan Seacrest doesn't make anybody angry. Right. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like he doesn't, yes. nobody gets that mad about Ryan Seacrest. Uh, you know, it's right. like, right. there's just something. Right. Maybe his ex like girlfriends. Or Andy on New Year's Maybe. Eve. Uh, yeah, or me on New Year's Eve. Or before New Year's Eve this year when he was saying I shouldn't be allowed to drink. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, actually. That's so dumb. <laughs> I mean, that's all, by the way. That, I mean, you know how dumb so that dumb. is. But that's all. Oh, my God. Just the dumbest. The stuff, I mean, that's so much of what television, the like the controversies of television are just stuff that if it happened in your life, you'd be like, why are we talking about this? Oh, right. it's so stupid. It's crazy. Why, is, it's so we, why are we wasting a moment, you know? Right. Well, you won't waste a moment if you listen to Andy's podcast, The Three Questions uh, with Andy Richter. New episodes drop on Tuesday. Thanks for the thanks for the hang, Andy. It's great to see you. Sure, always. Andy. Thanks. Yeah. I'm going to get you on my podcast sometime. Hell yes. We will be All right, right good. Back. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. I think I heard a story from you that I've never heard before. I, I, I mean, you guys cannot imagine the amount of time John Hill and I have spent together over the years. I mean, you know, it, you know, when you date someone, you spend endless hours talking, traveling, doing, being in cars and whatever. You told me a story about a gal <laughs> when you worked at Six Flags. Yeah. And her name was Jan. Jan. Now, what did you do at Six Flags? And when, so you were how old? At this point, 17, 18. Okay. You characterized yourself as, you said you looked like a, what kind of lesbian at the time? Um, A teenage fat lesbian. Okay. Yeah. And you, you, you. You you performed in what show at Six Flags? It was an outdoor country music show singing George Strait, Garth Brooks. Okay. And you and John would wear like black jeans. A long sleeve shirt and a cowboy hat and boots. Right. In the heat in of the Texas. Heat outside. Yes. 120 degree wow. record breaking okay. heat back then. 1996. And there was a there was a gal who came. She right. was like a groupie. For yes. all of the shows all at the Six shows. Flags. Yeah. So she went to your show. Mm-hmm. She went to the 50s show where yep. there was a Tumblr. The Flamenco show. Yes. Um, and so she was like, and she, th- and how old was she? 80. Wow. She was 80. Mm-hmm. And so, and she was at every show. Mm-hmm. And there was a, there was a section of your show where you did what? Well, I sang Check Yes or No by George Strait. And it's a love song about like, 
puppy love, and I had to pull. My direction was to pull a young lady out of the audience for the instrumental break and slow dance with her. And Jan demanded that that be her every time, by way of showing me with her eyes that if you don't pick me, I'll be disappointed in you. Very manipulative wow. um, and aggressive. And, and so, how often would you pick her? Well, like, so she came every day, but we had five shows a day, so at least one show a day. Did you'd she have come to go to, to Jan? Oh, okay. You know, and but did the rest she come of the shows, to all five shows. No, she would come to at least one a day, and then the rest of the shows she would go to the other shows. So while we did five shows, she would come to one, then she had a rotation. So now, the rest I of the have shows, to imagine that she was the only person going to all five shows. I mean, correct. going to see you every day. Correct. So it's not like the audience knew. Right. Wait, he's picking this old lady again. Well, they had a few groupies. We was it was a oh, great show. Oh, but they were. It was you know Jan was really the main one, but she was also I would she sent gifts backstage, mostly Bath and Body Works gift baskets, um, wow. with my favorite um, flavor in them. And then she was also we compared notes. She was doing it to like ten other people in the theme park, so she was stalking. Um, and being kind of a stage door Johnny, it was my she was my first fan. You know, wow. and it was really intoxicating at first because you're getting all this attention and then you realize she's crazy and uh, batshit and pot- potentially dangerous. And so things came to a head when she invited me to her birthday party at Cracker Barrel and I uh, and she invited a bunch of us from the theme park and I was not going to go do that. But one girl from the Flamenco show went and she arrived at Cracker Barrel and in anticipation of none of us going, Jan got a, got a hold of all of her headshots and glued them to balloons and tied them to chairs around the table at, at, at Cracker Barrel. Wait, so she right, got to okay, have her birthday okay. party with her real friends from Six Flags, but just our headshots on balloons. Okay, now well, hold on. Stop a second. <laughs> now, this is... Really, yeah. It's it's first of all very sad. Okay. Second of all, it's yeah. real, real unhinged that there was a place at the table filled by a balloon with, with a headshot right. with your face on it and all the other um, Six, Six Flags. Flags performers. Now, right. I'll say I think if you can find that headshot of you looking like a lesbian at 17 and post it on your stories today or even on your main feed I can imagine there'd be a lot of people who want to see that thumbs up Jordan is frothing I'm desperate to see this yes yes okay so now what did your friend, the gal from Six Flags, who did show up at the birthday party, what did she think of the headshots on the balloons? Did she think it was weird? Well, if you've been to Cracker Barrel, there's the main dining room, right? There's the gift shop. Okay. Then there's the circular table uh, saved for special occasions, and it was just uh, Jan the flamenco girl from, you know, she was new at the park, so she went not knowing any better. And then the headshots on balloons. So she was, um, wow. it was an eerie, eerie yes, sight. And she sounds... said that Jan was very disappointed. So then the next phase of the story is, you know, I, at that point was like, you know what? I'm done I, with Jan. I can dance with you, you old whore. Cause she was, <laughs> listen, I felt bad for her, but she was so also mean. Like, right, it's like, right. I don't want to go to my work and then get in trouble for not like, I'm just trying to dance. <laughs> right, you know, right. You're just, just trying, trying to, to do perform. your country show. Yeah. Yes. 
And okay. she was scary. And so she sent a letter backstage. I told, yeah, I told you this part. Sent a letter backstage saying, I'm so disappointed. I feel betrayed. Um, and I, you know, you not coming to my birthday party really was a betrayal. And I have a keen eye for talent. I recognized it in Elvis when I saw him perform. First. Oh, right. Because she has a claim to fame. She, she claims to have been a famous, there's a famous photo of Elvis dancing with some little twink girl when she's like, she's like, that's me. We never believed her. Right. Okay. Anyway. And so she said to you in this letter, which I should mention, I still John have. still has the letter from Jan. And did you say? It. Hold on, we'll go on because she went to say well, you. She said she was disappointed in you and you're awful and all this stuff. But then she said, "I have an eye for talent and you are super talented." And yeah, she goes, "I yeah. so I I I I love you so much because I recognize something in you. You're so talented and also not to mention you are the reincarnation of the baby I lost in the '80s." Oh boy. Okay, I forgot that. You're my dead child. So when it got to the you're my dead child. I think I was in my rosé when you told me that part. I think I forgot. Oh, my God. The first part's nice. The last part, you're my dead child, was when I gave it to my stage manager who then got me a security detail, which I said also at security detail at Six Flags is a golf cart with Bugs Bunny on it. So I was driven to my car every night. Um, (laughs) And then... I just wanted to get out of Texas and get to college. Okay. So I did that. I went to Pepperdine. And at at that time, since there's no cell phones, again, not not, just late 90s. Okay. The only people who can get through to your dorm room are the people that you've given to the security office at the switchboard. So one night I'm up late watching community access college tv right. and the phone rings and i think it's either my mom or my bro- my boyfriend so i pick it up and it's jan who Whoa. has broken through somehow and she goes don't hang up i hope you don't mind i pretended to be your mom to get oh. through to you <laughs> and i was like bitch no you know i'm hanging up and she's like just before you hang up i, w- I have to tell you something i want to just let you know that um it wasn't even really my birthday at cracker barrel and it, <laughs> it was <laughs> it was a test and you failed it I mean, well, <laughs> and i slammed that phone down and said girl bye i mean that's really something jordan can you believe it i that's my favorite story i've ever heard that is that shit insane where is the letter in my apartment in L.A. We're oh, going to need really? to see that letter, I think. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, can you bring that in? And <laughs> you might need to read it to us on sure. the air. Absolutely. Um, Scary. Wow. Jan. And do we have any idea? I mean, look, this was many years ago. I have got to assume <laughs> I doubt Jan she's not a hundred. Yeah. Yes. Do we have any idea? Do you remember her last name by any chance? Oh, no, but it's, I'm sure it's on the letter. We need to. Do you still have the envelope or just the letter? I might have the envelope. She might. She seems like a return address. Uh huh. So I think yeah. we need to. I think you need to see. <laughs> I would just love to find out how long she made it, <laughs> and what the obit said. Because by the way, if she danced with Elvis, I think that would be in the obit. Don't you? Right. I mean, if she really, you know, we might find this obit and find out that Jan had a whole life. It was Anne Margaret. Can you met Jan Margaret? 
<laughs> she was Anne Margaret's sister. I Jan do, Margaret. I have a photo of the show of the picture she claimed to be her. You know, but again, she was the the sea hag that I interacted with was very <laughs> different than the thirteen year old girl in Bobby Socks that she claimed to have been her. <laughs> The sea. Yeah, she terrorized everyone at Six Flags. She gave everyone gifts, and we—it was very nice for a moment. Wow! And then until it wasn't, mm. and then it was just plain scary. That's it for Andy Cohen's Deep and Shallow. That was fun with Andy Richter. I love him. He's a joy. Thank you, John, for hanging out today. Catch us right here. Same spot next week or anytime on Sirius XM.